honey. Hey, how you doing? You know, you were yawning every few seconds up until I tried to make you yawn. And then all of a sudden you just have so much self-control. That's because I tried really hard. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think you're going to probably yawn here in a minute. You don't know my life. I do know your life. I live with you. (laughs) What are you ready, you ready to learn about the Bible? Yeah. What are you teaching us today? Oh, I'm going to be teaching you all of the things okay. about the start of molasses's reign. Oh, molasses? Molasses. Okay. Yeah. He was brewed right in Tennessee in, you know, the B.C. time era. So, anyways. I mean, you don't really brew molasses, but okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. So, heathens, last time uh, Heezy died, we all know this, his clock ran out. And you know how he loved to wear that big-ass clock around his neck? Well, so, you know, he had to wear that clock around his neck because he had to set it for his additional 15 years. Oh, yeah. So, like, it counted down. It did. Once it got to zero, he got snuffed out. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, Heezy's dead, but his son Molasses uh, takes over. And he reigns for like 55 years. These were not a good 55 years, though. They actually fucking sucked. Okay. I don't know why God allowed him to reign for 55 years and some of these other fucks out there that were pretty decent rulers. Like they ruled for like 15 years or something like that. Or a year or Or three years. A year, three years, whatever. Mm -hmm. This guy ruled for 55 years. And boy, did he fuck up big. (laughs) All right. for, For one thing, molasses, he returns to sucking other gods' dicks. Uh, molasses made uh, a bunch of uh, pagan altars and basically just shit on God every chance that he could get. He painted this really weird mural of starry-eyed gods with their dicks out. (laughs) Molasses then killed his own son for back-talking him. He also regularly went and saw palm readers and sought out witches for dank spells and shit. God was fucking pissed, and that is such an understatement for how fiery mad God was. I mean, at this point, you would think that he was the devil. Shit and fire. He shit fire. He pissed holy hot Satan piss. I mean, he did everything. Uh, Molasses, uh, he had a very make Judah great again theme by being the absolute worst ruler and doing all of the bad things. He slaughtered his own people and painted the entire town red with the blood with their blood while screaming, What you gonna do about it, God? And you know, he's kinda he's probably got like some kind of hose that he's spraying everything with. He was just proven that he could go onto the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody with no consequences. Yeah, or line them up and slaughter them and then paint their houses with their blood. God then proceeded to shove his hand up a bunch of guys' asses and use them as prophets. He had them say that God was going to wipe them like a dirty asshole. The end. (laughs) How in the hell did you manage to end that on like a dirty asshole? He's going he's gonna to wipe the floor with them like a dirty asshole. You're just gifted. You're not supposed to wipe your asshole on the floor. Well, oh, well. I mean, it's God. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He just got done shitting fire at him. You think that he's <laughs> he's not going to wipe his ass? I think we're going to have to read the scripture. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
What's up, heathens? How y'all, How y'all doing? doing? I got her during the in- <laughs> during the intro there. I yawned. She yawned. It was beautiful. <laughs> Hashtag yawn gang. All right, so let's get into this whole molasses business. Okay. So today we're going to hit 2 Kings 20 and 20, uh, a little bit of 20, and uh, 21, and uh, 2 Chronicles 32 and 33. Yeah, uh, unfortunately today's podcast isn't going to be too long, just to let you guys know beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, we're doing it this way because uh, of something special that we're about to get into, and we'll tell you about that here at the end. Yeah, we're setting up something else, so... Are we ready to go into it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so as uh, GE said the last time, uh, has um, Heezy. Hezekiah, what, uh, he died, right? And he was a pretty good king, right? He did what the Lord wanted, and he was a good king, and he helped restore the um, heart and soul of Judah, right? Yep. Well, Manasseh, not so much. Part of it could be that he was 12 when he took over. And he was a violent little shit, wasn't he? He was the kind of kid that went out there and, like, I don't know, burned dogs alive and shit, I bet. Just for the fun of it. I don't know. That wasn't in here specifically. But um, he did burn something, and I'll tell you about that. It doesn't say he didn't do that, so. (laughs) Okay. And Manasseh, his son, succeeded him as king. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother's name was Hephzibah. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He also erected altars to Baal and made an Asherah pole, as Ahab, king of Israel, had done. So he made an altar for Baals? That is not what I said. (laughs) He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. In the two courts of the temple of the Lord he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. You know, I can just see it right now. Um, molasses is going to visit his palm reading witch person mm-hmm. and his son's right there being like, listen, dad, this is all just hokum. You're really pissing God off. You really don't need to do anything. Like don't quit seeing these stupid bitches. And the, the witch was obviously like, Ooh, I see you got to burn that little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he did. Yep. He took the carved Asherah pole he had made and put it in the temple of which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land I gave their ancestors. If only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. Keep the whole law, okay? So everybody who wants to pick and choose their little cherry-picked pieces right here in, where are we in Chronicles, I think, at this point? Are we still in Kings? Um, I think this is in Chronicles. The whole law, right? The mm-hmm. whole law that my service Moses, servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. So, like, these people 
are worse than the people that were there before the Israelites ever got there. Wow. That's pretty bad. It's pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. Moreover, Manasseh also shed so much innocent blood that he filled Jerusalem from end to end besides the sin that he had caused Judah to commit so that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now, this is an interesting point, and I didn't start out with this, but I want to in this book, there are little gray boxes that the author of this book kind of gives a little summary and their thoughts about stuff at the beginning of each section. And in this one, they say the fibers of faith are so fragile that a single misguided leader can entice the hearts of believers to worship lesser gods. I find that incredibly funny how they refer to them as lesser gods, as if there's a multitude of gods, which this goes, this goes on to how the, um, Jews or the Israelites Mm -hmm. were, um, henotheistic and not monotheistic. Right. Uh, Monotheism was actually something that got worked into the religion with Christianity. Uh, that's where it shifted from, uh, you know, one supreme God amongst all these other gods and you worship the one supreme God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, then with Christianity, it shifted to there's one God and then there's these lesser divine beings yeah. that exist. And so it it just – it amazes me how there's still this idea that they were monotheistic, but yet they have language in this that they express – that shows that there were other gods out there known to them. It's just that they were quote unquote lesser gods. Yeah. See, that's the part that sticks out to you. And the part that sticks out to me, because we, I mean, we've seen through this whole, through the Bible so far that they definitely believed there were other gods. They just weren't. So, so we know that, but the thing that sticks out to me is that they talk about how their faith, the fibers of faith are so fragile that one person can come and knock them all off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think that's that's crazy, especially with how Christians talk about. I mean, not even just Christians, but a lot of religious people talk about today how strong their faith is, you Mm -hmm. know. And so but here back in this time, apparently the fibers of faith were so fragile that just one leader could knock them all astray. Well, and you know, I feel like this also kind of applies to the video that I posted yesterday. Uh, Monday uh, with Will Smith, you know, saying that you need God in your heart and you to do not uh, do not elect godless people. Mm-hmm. It's, it comes back to this whole idea that uh, unless you're giving all praise and worship and doing everything that God wants, then it just descends into utter chaos and immorality and all well, this. And other you can't stuff. be good. And, and you can't be good, which is absurd. Yeah. And, and the whole idea that the very fabric of faith is dependent upon who you elect as a leader is <laughs> just so ridiculous. If that was the case, man, the U.S. right now. Oh, boy, it's already bad. Yeah. But like if everything hinged upon him and what he felt and everybody did like he did. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that there's a really good parallel between fucking molasses here and Donald Trump. (laughs) 
I mean, all of the people are just fo- all of his people are just following along behind him and his fucking crazy you know, ass shit. Yeah, his crazy ass shit. Like he wore a mask the other day and everybody started praising him for wearing a mask. But before that point, it's like, oh, a mask is a liberal religious symbol of secularism or something. And if you wear one, that means you don't like me. Yeah. And now the- he puts one on for one trip. Right. Yeah. One thing. And. They want to give him a fucking cookie. He doesn't deserve a cookie. Also, he doesn't need a cookie. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Okay. The Lord said through his servants, the prophets, Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these detestable sins. He has done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and has led Judah into sin with his idols. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am going to bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will force. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting imagery. The dish being an asshole. No. No, (laughs) I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and give them into the hands of enemies. They will be looted and plundered by all their enemies as they have done evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. So he's like super pissed. Yeah, he seems like it's super, super pissed y'all. He's the kind of piss that you get whenever you eat Taco Bell and you have to spend the rest of the day on the toilet. <laughs> Wiping your what? dish. What? <laughs> okay. So I know that was short, but that is all that's in the reading today. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up. The next 10 episodes are going to be Isaiah's prophecies about restoration and the Messiah. Okay. Yes, Jesus shit in the Old Testament. I'm ready for this. So um, we're, I'm going to have to remind you when we get to the end of that, the last, the 10th of the 10, um, because we're going to jump back into story then um, and what happens with Manasseh but and, and Judah under him. So here we are. Manasseh's about, he's king now. He's 12 uh, when he takes over, reigns for 55 years, but we're in, we're still in that 55 year time frame, right? He's an adult because he had a son. Um, we're not sure how old he is now, but Isaiah is going to go Abe shit on him. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah, um, as he has done previously, he takes to the streets in Judea, uh, in Judah and warns against idolatry, sorcery, and astrology. And he's going to keep doing that, but he's also going to kind of shift his focus a little bit. And he declares that his mission at this time is to bring comfort to those already in exile and those about to be taken captive. And he wants to tell them that God has a further purpose and he wants to reveal what's about to happen to them so that when it does, the people will know that it's God who's punishing them and God who will deliver them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, he, that that's made very clear and he doesn't want them to attribute anything that's going on to the pagan gods that they worship. Everything needs to be attributed to God, all the bad, all the good, mm-hmm. right? Everything. So, um, he does that. And he also, 
um, prophecies about the coming of the Messiah and the everlasting kingdom that he would consider justice, righteousness, and salvation, right? So we're going to be going through all of these prophecies and it's going to take a couple months, right? Yeah. 10 days. So that's what? Two months and two weeks? Two and a half months. Yeah. It's going to take two and a half months of episodes to get through all of the rest of these prophecies about restoration, what happens after these prophecies and with Manasseh and the end of the Manasseh story and the prophecies of the Messiah. So we're going to be in Isaiah for a while after this. Okay. So, uh, we're like, yeah, like we laid out, we're going to be talking about Isaiah and all of his prophecies concerning Jesus. And I'll try to give you guys the best kind of, uh, you know, contrast and, um, sort of an academic look at it because, like all of these prophecies and whatnot, on the one hand, were written by the author to mean different things than what the later Christians meant them, uh, um, interpreted them as. So there's a bit of nuance here between what was meant by the author and what the Christians um, ended up interpreting them as. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to uh, – hopefully I can provide you guys with uh, really good insight into the contrast of those that, that subtle nuance. Yeah. And, you know, Christians view the these portions that we're going to read in the next 10 episodes as um, a solemn warning to people who would continue to be unrighteous, but also as a message of hope to all sinners who are willing to ad- acknowledge their guilt and repent and live their lives in service to God. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, heathens, we appreciate y'all being here today. Listen to this very short Bible podcast. If you enjoyed the Bible study today, please let us know down in the comments. We'd really love to hear what you guys think of molasses and his <laughs> assholery. Let us know down below. Hey, while you're down there, why don't you smash that like button and subscribe if you like this kind of content. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.